Good morning to everyone. It's so wonderful to see you and to be together this morning. I want to say happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers out here and uh, those of us who maybe you don't have your mother with you anymore or she's not with you in person today. Uh, we're all thankful for our mothers and what they mean to us. And so happy Mother's Day to all of you and those who might be joining us online as well. Did you ever watch the TV show Family Matters that ran in the 90s. Do you remember that show? It was a positive show about a husband and wife, Carl and Harriet Winslow, and their three children. And at some point in the series, Carl's mother uh, moves in with them, and then uh, Harriet's sister moves in with her baby boy at the time. Her husband has recently passed away, and so they're just a big full house of uh, family, and so that's what the show is about. It's one of those uh, more old-fashioned now shows that's positive about family. And uh, if you watch the show, you also know that perhaps the most well-known character is not related to the Winslow family, and he's there, and that's the neighbor Steve Urkel. Everybody remembers Steve Urkel, the ultimate nerd, right? <laughs> we loved him. But Carl and Harriet Winslow, their story is that they had graduated from the police academy. Carl had gone on to be a police officer. Harriet uh, left the force when she was pregnant with their first child. She worked other jobs to help provide for the family. She was a working mom. And uh, the show depicted uh, that uh, lifestyle that they had, that challenge to make ends meet and to, to work hard and all the dynamics of family. Harriet Winslow had many positive qualities of a mom and motherhood that were displayed throughout the show. She was strong. She was courageous. She always spoke what was true in the situation that needed to be said. She was hardworking. Uh, she, she also uh, was a voice of reason in the family. And she did most of the mediating when there were conflicts and family problems uh, that usually were uh, portrayed in a funny way. She was uh, supportive of her husband, and she loved her family. She loved her husband with a passion. She was in many ways a very positive role model uh, in those days. She was a wife and mother and proud of it. And her family, as depicted in the show, knew that she mattered, and she mattered a lot. And that's what we want to talk about today as we start this new series on family matters that will run through Father's Day because I want us to look today at something about moms that Paul wrote that is a really special thing that he said about moms. It's at the same time a really difficult scripture to understand and there are some different interpretations. We're not going to take the time to go through all the uh, interpretations of it, we're going to look at the one that I believe to be the most sound uh, interpretation of the passage, and uh, that's what we want to study this morning, is that moms matter, and Paul has something to say about that. If you'll turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, let me read this verse to you. It's virtually the same in every translation just very little difference. Paul writes, Yet she will be saved through childbearing 
if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. If we're honest, kind of a strange verse, an unusual verse. And, and like uh, what another New Testament author said about Paul is he's hard to understand sometimes. He just blows our minds sometimes. We can't comprehend him sometimes. It's tough stuff what he writes. And, he, and then they go on to say that, and some people twist that to their own advantage. We want to try to get a sound understanding of what Paul is saying, but we need to first get the immediate context of chapter 2, and that will help us understand verse 15. Paul is saying something very positive about moms and women. But first look at verses 1 through 7 in 1 Timothy chapter 2. Paul is writing chapter 2, and he's writing about at the beginning about prayer and about God's desire for all people to be saved and that the gospel's for all people and that Paul was, because of the gospel and for the gospel, Paul was appointed an apostle and a preacher. And then in verses 8 through 11, uh, Paul gives instructions to men and to women about worship. He gives each some things, men and women, some different things and different instructions about worship. He tells them some things they should do and some things they shouldn't do. The issues for men that he particularly addresses here are anger and arguing And the issues for women that Paul addresses right here in this chapter are modesty and submission. So he has something to say to everybody. And then in verses 12 through 15 is where we get to the more difficult part of the chapter where Paul says that there are gender differences in life. There are gender differences in the church and in the home. And those are rooted in, he says, creation and the fall. And now while these words might be difficult for the modern ear to hear, they might make somebody uneasy. They might even stir somebody up and get their feathers ruffled. I mean, with the modern ear, you can understand that because these aren't popular things to say today, what Paul is saying in these first few verses before he gets to verse 15. But the fact is that we must remember that Paul is recording the words that God is literally breathing out and guiding him to record for us to receive by faith. And so it's not, a, it's not an issue of, is God right or wrong? It's not an issue of, is Paul right or wrong? It's an issue of, my faith, am I going to believe the Word of God or not? And am I going to get a sound understanding of His Word and receive it by faith, even when it might be sometimes difficult? But I want us to focus in our next few minutes on verse number 15. Now, Paul seems to have some caution here because he knows he's said some things that might not go over well with everybody in the audience and everybody who reads it there in that time and in the future. And so he doesn't want women to feel like he's being too hard on them. He doesn't want them to feel like he's coming down on them or minimizing them or demeaning them. And all you got to do is read Acts and look throughout his other letters and you see how 
how much he relied on, on godly women to do the work of the church and how important women were in the early days of Christianity and even today. And so in verse 15, he turns to say something very positive about women. And at first glance, it doesn't sound like that again to our modern ear. But what he is saying is something, uh, nothing short of high praise to women and to moms. Now in verse 15, as I said, it's difficult to understand, but it's also very important about Christian mothers. Paul holds Christian mothers up in, in high esteem and praises them highly for who they are and for the unique way that God created them. See, Paul is saying that there's something extremely special about the way God divinely designed women. It's an absolute miracle that they can have children. Think about it. It's a miracle that a woman can be called mom and what that means. To, to call a woman mom is different than to call a man dad because it's only a woman who can literally have new life grow and develop within her and bring that new life into this world. Men cannot do that. And so Paul is saying, women, I want you to understand how important you are and how, how valuable you are. And I hold you up in high esteem because of the way God especially created you. Only mama can deliver that baby and, and bring new life into the world. And then what does mama do? She gives the rest of her life to the life of those children, doesn't she? Everything that she has in her, she gives to those children. And all that a father might do and all of the wonderful things he might do. And, and to his credit, still do not match what mama has done. Because she brought new life into the world. And no one else can do that. The world says there are no, no distinctions between men and women. But the truth is that it's clear from creation that God created male and female, and it's that simple. And everybody throughout history has always known it until five minutes ago. And he made them different from one another, and he made them special, each one of them special. And we ought to glory in that. We ought to praise God in that. We ought to be uh, uh, amazed and in awe at God's wonderful creation. And so he also gives men and women their own special functions and roles in the home and in the church. Now, in verse 15, in verse 15 what Paul is doing is he's writing to womankind, you might say. He's writing to all women in verse number 15. And when he uses the word childbearing, and when I said there's different interpretations, if you're interested, you can study more on this, and I'm happy to talk with you more about this. But uh, this is the interpretation where, where I land that I believe is most sound uh, in understanding this verse. So when he uses, when Paul uses the word childbearing, he is using what's a, a figure of speech. It's called a synecdoche which is a figure of speech where the part, a part is made to represent the whole. So if you go up to somebody and you were to say, hey, do you like my new wheels? 
What you're saying is, do you like my new car, right? The whole thing. You're pointing out a particular part of the car, meaning the whole thing. So when uh, Jesus prayed, get the model prayer, give us this day our daily bread, he doesn't mean just bread. It's a figure of speech for our meals that you bless us with, all of our food you bless us with. Does that make sense? So Paul is using a figure of speech here that is unique to women, and he's saying this, this represents womanhood and motherhood, and, and, and this represents something extremely special about women. Because they can be moms. He's using this word, uh, in other words, to highlight God's unique divine design for women. And that they find their most rewarding place in God's scheme of redemption. In the fulfillment of their role as wife and mother. Now again, to the modern ear, that's shocking, that's horrible. You shouldn't say that. You should be canceled and deleted and, and, and the hard drive wiped and torn up and thrown in the shredder and burned for saying anything like that. But think about how vital the role of wife and woman is to life itself and to the furtherance of the kingdom of God. Think about it. How important that is to be mom. See, don't let culture and the beliefs and the philosophies of modern times twist up your thinking, distort your mind and your comprehension and your understanding of God's creation to think that to be a wife and a mother is weak and somehow less than. Now, Paul's not saying you have to be married. He's not saying you have to be a wife. He's not saying you have to be a mom. He's not getting into that. He's talking in general about all that it means to be a woman. And he's talking about to, to women, but he's also saying something in particular to Christian women and Christian moms. There's nothing wrong with succeeding and excelling in business and life, in the community, in the workplace. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Paul doesn't prohibit that whatsoever. That's not what he's talking about. He has no issue with that. He's, what he's doing is he's holding up mama and women and praising them for all that they are, for what God designed them to be for, how important they are to life and to the church, and to the future because of the unique way that God created them. And then Paul says in the rest of verse, rest of verse number 15 that cr the Christian woman is to be characterized by faith and by love, by holiness, and by self-control. Do you see that? Th these should... These should characterize her. This, these should be her qualities. These should be how she's known. That These describe the Christian woman and the Christian mom. Now think about it. What happens when a Christian mom is faithful to God and raises her children to be followers of Jesus? What happens? What happens to those babies when they grow up? What happens to those children? What happens to them as they leave the home and they go on to start their own families? What happens to the church when the Christian mom raises her children to be followers of Jesus? Do you see how important women and moms are? The Christian mom who raises her children 
to be believers in God, to be Christians, to be followers of Jesus, are to be esteemed highly and praised for their work. It's not easy work being a Christian mom in today's world. Moms, I want to say something to you kindly. That's why you need to have your children at church and in Bible class and in all the youth group activities because that's what you do and who you are is that important that you're here and you've got those babies here and you've got that that high schooler here and maybe they don't feel like coming and there's and maybe you don't feel like coming but you know what it means to be mom And you don't let the world tell you that that doesn't mean anything important. That that's less than that that to climb the ladder in in the working world and in education and healthcare, all these places. That's what you ought to ascribe to. No, those, those are fine. Go for it. But God made you mom. And that's an amazing thing that God did for you. Don't take that tremendous calling for granted. Never forget what God has done for you in particular. I read a story about a little boy named Shepard. <laughs> he was about two years old when this happened. His mom had him in the shopping cart at the grocery store. And, and moms, you're all going to have these kinds. You're going to be thinking about these similar incidents you've had when your children were little. There was something that she had picked up, an item she had picked up that was in the shopping cart that Shepard wanted to eat. He wanted it really bad. And he, and, and, and he knew he couldn't have it yet. He didn't understand. He's only two, but he sure wanted to eat that food, that snack that mom had gotten. While they were in the checkout line, he was so anxious to eat it. Mama's putting the groceries up on the conveyor belt and, and Shepard reaches over and he grabs that snack and he, he starts to open it up and he takes a bite. Right at the time, Mom looks over and, and you know, they can do things like that in a split second. Before she knows it, he's got it open. And she says, she says honey, Shepard, we have to pay for it first. And so as soon as she said those words, Shepard put the food down. He folds his hands and he starts praying. Because he thought, Mama said, we have to pray for it first. He didn't understand what adults understood about paying for food. Why did he hear his mom say that? Why is that what he heard? Because his mom was raising him to love God to worship God. She was teaching him about God. In contrast, I read another story about a little boy who was about five at the time. A preacher was visiting out of town, holding a gospel meeting, and the church was knocking on doors, handing out invitations in the area to invite people to the gospel meeting. He went up to one door and Uh, knocked on the door, and a very kind mother answered. She's very friendly, very polite, Uh, and he said hello to her. He handed her the invitation. Her little boy was at the door with her, looking and watching, see what's going on, who's at the door. 
And she thanks the preacher for the invitation. She says, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And she turns and hands the invitation to her son. And she says, look what the nice man brought us, an invitation to go study the Bible. And the little boy pauses and looks at the invitation and looks up at his mom and says, Mama, what's a Bible? You see the difference? Mom hadn't been teaching him about God word to know God the boy took that invitation and had no idea what it was talking about I want you to know moms that moms matter you matter more than you think you do and you matter more than us dads let you know that you do like we should when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden of Eden and were cast out of it Do you remember what God told them? He had some tough words for them. He said something to Adam, and then he turns to Eve, and in verse 16 of Genesis 3, he says, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. He talks about it's not going to be easy and painless anymore like it was in the perfect garden, the way I had designed it. Now, because sin has entered the world, because things are broken now, It's going to be difficult when you have your children. But we read in Galatians chapter 4, verse number 4, how God worked through a woman, a mom, in childbirth. Paul wrote, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. Do you see how God was always at work? Even though things were going to be difficult, God was still going to work through a mom to bring to us the Savior of the world. The Son of God went into the world to save the world by way of a mama. And Jesus said in John 16, 21, When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow. Because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, do you remember when you first saw your baby? After your baby was born? Do you remember first holding your baby? Then taking the baby home? You, have, you have, still have all those memories with you? And Jesus said, but when she's delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. That's the joy of motherhood and what God has done especially for women. When a mother continues in faith and love and holiness and self-control and raises those children in the same way, she literally changes the world for God's glory. You see, God worked through a woman to bring to us Jesus. And He works through moms today To raise Jesus' followers. Is there anything more important than that? Moms, you matter. And if we can pray for you this morning, we can encourage you. If we can help you in your walk with Christ, we're here for you. Maybe you're ready to have that relationship with God that you don't have or that that you've been wanting for, that you that you know is missing in your life and you're ready to to do what it takes to become a Christian, to obey the gospel message of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, and put him on in baptism and to serve him the rest of your life. 
It's never too late to start today in your being a mother, of course, being a father, or in your walk with God. We can help you this morning. We invite you to come forward as we stand and sing.